Hello and welcome to episode 55. This is Comadresi Comics. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hey girls, what's going on? Hello. Well, we were just informed that <laughs> <laughs> about two episodes ago, uh-huh. yeah. we said that Twilight was um, a fan fiction of Fifty Shades. The correct thing is that Fifty Shades is fan fiction of Twilight. That somehow now, makes it like so <laughs> much worse. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna get some hate on that Twitter. <laughs> no, no. If you if you're gonna no, really, come fight me. <laughs> if you want to argue with me about Twilight fan fiction <laughs> on the internet, please come in real life and I will fight you. In real life, you in say. real life, I'll do it online too. But I was like, please come. Oh God, please, please make my day. Make my make my day. I that's knew somehow they were related, but I didn't know which one was which. Like, oh my God, well, like, you have to be really up in arms if, you, if someone wants to fight me about that. I have also read all of the Fifty Shades books. Really? Oh, really? This is Kristen. Oh I read all of Twilight and I read all of Fifty Shades. I was curious. And yeah. I tried. Oh, to Eddie make it. loved uh, when I was reading them because he definitely benefited. <laughs> from what? It. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I couldn't make it past the first three pages because it was just awful. Oh, yeah. It was horribly written, but <laughs> man. <laughs> what, what, what who is uh, uh not christian gray but the other guy uh god i i actually read the other one that's similar um but i can't remember the name of it i don't know there's a lot there's of mommy so many. porn out there yeah i i specific okay it it was a long enough ago that it was um when i was still reading books without pictures and <laughs> I actually would go to the bookshop to look for like erotica stories and stuff. And um, I ne- I didn't, f- I found a lot of anthologies mm-hmm. that I read that I, which is good because it's enough of a story to get you your juices flowing and then you don't <laughs> have to read anymore. But uh, the equivalent of a, of Pornhub where it's just a little <laughs> clip instead of a whole movie of a five minute show <laughs> where it shows them doing the deed yeah but actually I really enjoyed reading there was one that was horror based I really liked that one I have them somewhere I don't know where were there at. tentacles involved <laughs> in some I mean there was an anthology there, there was tentacles there was vaginas with teeth there was all oh, kinds yeah. of stories well that's actually a myth yeah. about the, yeah. the vaginas with teeth and I actually like that myth and how it was I don't know I like myths in there's a movie on I believe Netflix or Amazon called Teeth which is based yes. on that idea yes mm-hmm. uh huh it's, it's fascinating yeah yeah but um but anyways yeah <laughs> so that's how I'm doing what's up <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't think of that stupid book, but it was so good. I was just like, oh, that's right. You oh, bared to you, bared to you, bared. Oh, yeah. oh, is that is that is that one with um uh, with um uh, werewolf bears? No, oh, I know, lame. I know, bear to you, um, like yeah, B A R or B B A R E or B E A R, because that makes a difference. B A R E D. Ah, bared to you. Oh, yeah. bared to because me. I'm with Jen. If that was B E A R, <laughs> bared to you, I'd be all in. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> no, because all right, getting on this subject of like uh, ro- like romance and erotica books, there's just so much. Yeah. The internet is so giving, and with like self publishing out there, yeah, there's people that do like freaking werewolf bears, werewolf. <laughs> like regular werewolves, um, uh, uh, they're called werebears. Actually, I should say werebears. Werebears. It's That's just like so cute. Like uh, just stick were and then whatever animal. Yeah. And there's like all those kinds. And then <laughs> there's a, a comic book that Oni Press came out with called uh, Yes. Uh, my, my boyfriend, boyfriend is, is a bear. bear. Like oh it's so my cute. god. <laughs> 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 it's it's really funny, and so there's a there's a, there's stuff like that, um, um, and in comic books there's like uh Diamond has a whole erotic like yeah adult section too. Mm-hmm. Some of it is good and some of it is not. Well, I was told about. 
dinosaur erotica. <laughs> yes, lizard I was, erotica. I was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, my eyes were opened wide. I had, <laughs> I was so naive to all the stuff that was out there, and some of the posters, like book covers that <laughs> exist for these things, you could spend all day down a deep hole on the internet yeah. looking at this stuff. And this is just that stuff, like that's that's been adapted. Don't even get me started on the furry stuff because they go <laughs> hog wild. <laughs> like they go, so. yeah, they go crazy, go stupid. So <laughs> this all from a misspoken um, sentence <laughs> <laughs> two episodes ago. Oh man! You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome, everybody. All right, guys, it's time for Chisme de la Semana, and I have your Chisme today. She's got it. I got it. So it turns out Taika Waititi is officially directing the live-action Akira. Yes! I'm here for it. Akira. 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 It's going to be live-action, and it's, uh, it's, it's gone through, like... A lot of rumors. I mean, before they were saying that they were getting, they were in the works for Akira, and then they were trying to cast like American actors, and it was like, and then it would die down, and so now it's official. And in the summer of 2021, we're going to have a live action Akira with um, Japanese actors. I hope. Mm-hmm. What are you, Asian teenagers instead of like you know white Hollywood as we always see? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's gonna be done by Warner Brothers, and uh, it's uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Waititi. Yes. Am I saying it right? Waititi, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, he actually did the horror film What We Do in Shadows. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but mm-hmm. you can watch that on Netflix. It's so f- super funny. It's sort of like. Um, he actually starred and directed. Mocking, it's a yeah, it's, it's a, a mockumentary, mockumentary about, about vampires. vampires. <laughs> it's That's so cool. funny. It's hilarious. I could not stop laughing. It was so funny. He also directed Thor Ragnarok, where he also starred in, in a role in the movie too. So I guess he likes acting and directing, which is awesome. Um, and uh, what else? It, the script is co-written by Michael Golamko. He is Lewis from uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, yeah, I like that movie. I like that I mean, guy. That TV show. Yeah, he uh, is coming out with the movie Always Be My Maybe. Yes, yes, that which looks, looks good. Really good. Yeah, like a rom com. Yeah, and that one he actually also co-wrote too. Cool. So very exciting about that. Um, so Akira, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. There is a, yeah. it's a manga. It went on for, what was it? Six volumes, correct? Yes. There are six collected volumes of it. It was turned into a movie that was a big hit. Mm-hmm. The movie, man, that's <laughs> fucking cult following status. I mean, I. And not even cult following. It was a success. It was a hit. Yeah. It's one of the movies that was basically introduced anime to the West. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, that was the birth, the inception. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just, it's it's a cultural icon. There's a, a lot of references in pop culture to Akira, the motorcycle, yeah, like, stuff like yeah. that, the pose and everything. It's, uh, it, the, the poster for it, too, is also very iconic. It's, it's... I still want that red jacket with the pill in the back. Yeah? Yeah. The so. Canada War, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Some I I heard rumors that some of those some of that uh, animation was actually hand painted wow. uh, per cell. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, and it it's amazing. Even the first initial, I mean, I could go on about Akira, but the first initial opening scene where uh, they shoot the dog and the way the dog uh reacted to the shot, I mean, it was just like revolutionary for animation. Huh. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, man, they, I mean it. I mean, it's silly now because we have all this technology and yeah. these no, 4K. Still, yeah. It still things. holds up. Yeah, but... If the, you watch Akira, it is 100% still holding up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I mean, it's uh, the way things drawn are drawn, uh, the way the city pa- you pan out, it almost makes me feel like a little bit kind of Blade Runner-ish. Um, so it's just, it's a really great film. Really, cool. really great film. But I heard the books are, the mangas are better, which I haven't seen. And I actually used to own the um the characters the uh uh the McFarlane series oh, yeah. that came out uh, including the the motorcycle oh nice yeah which now I think goes for like two hundred dollars on eBay but 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's really cool and it's definitely cyberpunk. Mm, oh, uh, absolutely. That's, that's what Akira is. And I I'm almost surprised they actually No, not really actually. Um uh Ghost Ghost in the sh- Ghost in the Shell? Yes, no. Ghost in the Shell. No, uh Battle Angel Alita. Okay, oh, I heard yeah. it was really good. I didn't go see it, but um uh, I heard it was good. I heard James Cameron did a good job with it. And um uh, this is after they nerfed her eyes and <laughs> last big. Uh, so there seems to be some success in it, and I think that's what made them be like, okay, maybe we should put in effort, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> to these movies. Because that was the problem with all the others, is that they were just so... They were lackluster. They didn't seem... They seemed to, like, miss the point of it. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that cyberpunk is kind of dead. Mm. It's cool, but it's just like... I'm like, why do I want to watch about something that's actually happening right now? Corporate, <laughs> corporate overlords. Yeah, we have them already. Like, uh, it's just the the thing that made cyberpunk cool and interesting and stuff like that is that it was like a possibility of the future. It wasn't done before, but now it's been done, and yeah. it's just like, I want something new. But I would, I would go see a, an Akira directed by Taika Waititi. Absolutely. I mean, they have a lot of. Um, a lot to live up to, so hopefully mm-hmm. they could, you know, pull something together and make yeah. it uh, make it amazing. As I hope it will be. Yeah. I mean, if they don't have the motorcycle, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, and now it's time for Kristen. Hora de la cervecita. <laughs> And today, just by the name of this beer alone, I can tell we're drinking an IPA. (laughs) (laughs) How come just from the name alone? Because it the name is In Haze We Trust. Uh. (laughs) And look at how (laughs) hazy and yellow and thick that is. And look at yellow and thick. That's what she said. It it, (laughs) is you better get that checked. There's some medication for that. (laughs) In Haze We Trust. It's <laughs> It says beer friends are the best friends. So an IPA lot unfiltered brutes and beer thug life wanted to make a triple dry hopped New England style triple IPA. We said yes. And so um who's we? What is this this brewery? Um, actually, this was brewed and canned in Tehachapi. Uh-huh. It's called uh, Local Craft. It says there Local Craft. Local uh, Craft Beer Tehachapi. Yes, that's. Oh, got it. Okay. So they they are responsible for making this possible as far as canning it and brewing it. Got it. But the idea of how to brew it, I guess the formula it was, was a collaboration. Yeah, it was a collaboration okay. with. with Bear Thug Life and So IPA brutes. Lot Unfiltered Brutes. That's B R E W T S. Very um very uh what do you call it? Fancy. Clever. Clever, there you go. <laughs> and Beer Thug Life. Those are the, the three who collaborated um, with local craft beer to Hatchapi. This MFR is eleven percent. Holy shit. <laughs> it is a hazy triple IPA. Triple uh, <laughs> IPA. Yes. Jesus. It is. I can smell it from here, and it's like not even arm's length away from me. Or it <laughs> is arms. It's more than arm length. Arms. Just length a little away from over me. Yeah. arm's length. So, Beer Thug Life. Um, it is a down to earth experience of the increasingly diverse craft beer community. Uh, our videos and merchandise give you a taste of the puzzling intersection between a man's proud enthusiasm for craft beer and his humble life as a Chicano who grew up around Los Angeles street gangs. Beer Thug Life proves that beer, craft beer lovers came, come from even the most modest walks of life, breaking barriers one at a time. That's actually pretty cool. He's a, he's really cool. amazing. He has such great uh, merch. He puts out a lot of social media stuff. His uh, signature move or his signature trademark uh-huh. is uh, cheers, motherfucker, and then he chugs a beer. 
like mm. a craft brew and he's shotgunned a few and so he films all of these and a lot of his <laughs> followers i know a lot of his followers will chug a beer and t- t- tag him so it'll come on his feed oh, so that's what he's talking about in vid- my videos yes exactly okay. uh, so he's i guess a social media influencer uh-huh. is that what we're calling them now <laughs> influencers usually um uh, for people who do makeup or fashion well he does beer so yeah, i guess be anybody yeah. who has a lot of followers yeah yeah. And who influ- yeah so yeah he can be an influencer and so uh he does that i actually got to meet him once i was so excited um and yeah he is uh he, it's actually i just found out from so- southern california brewers that it's hard to actually uh make a beer and sell it because then you have to be a business and have to have certain licenses. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, for that's why they go through collabs uh, like to Hatchapi in order to get their brew out. Got uh, it. Yeah. And so I it's mean, you also could theoretically make your own beer, but it's just you can, be but you illegal. cannot sell it. You can't sell it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you share it, but you cannot sell it. Oh my it. God, it smells Moonshine. so good. Moonshine. <laughs> there's a, a little stamp here. It's uh, Independent Craft, it's called. And about the Independent Craft Brewery seal, uh, it's uh, for years, uh, small independent U.S. craft breweries have been turning the beer world upside down. Their ability to take risk, innovate flavors, and build better communities uh, uh, has made the U.S. the craft beer capital of the world. So to proudly display the independent spirit of uh, Brewers Association created a symbol of unity in U.S. craft breweries. So um, because they have this symbol, they are uh, representative of the local craft brewing, independent crafters, which is cool. And then the other guys, the Brutes... Yeah, about the Brutes Beer Ambassadors. Their goal as craft beer representatives is to provide a bridge from the common social beer drinker to craft beer industry in its entirety. They share a love for networking, marketing, and meeting new people, and their passion for craft beer has provided them with a new outlook on the beer industry, and they would like to share that passion with anyone who is willing to partake in the adventure. There is room for everyone to be a part of the craft beer revolution, so feel free to show them which craft brew you're drinking and tell them your stories uh they are always willing to meet with new people and discuss craft beer in the industry and it says let's share a pint at your favorite local craft brew establishment so it sounds to me like they're just waiting for you to text or message them on social media to meet up with them (laughs) at some local brewery just so they can drink beer and talk to you about it so that's cool. That's a great collaboration. Nice Uh, and this cup of dank and it is dank. Uh, and it, it, I cannot even see through the glass. It nope. is so hazy. Um, this is what they um, created together. So uh, I am, and they're just actually like, there's like three different colors in the bottom. It looks like there's some sediment that has, has yeah. uh, settled down there. There is just a lot. Is, is, I wonder if the beer itself has like um what's it called that's in the in milk lactose oh i don't think so no Hmm. did we have any discussion on what the um it didn't say on the paper that you gave me (laughs) all right when you said it was a triple ipa yeah i thought i was gonna hate it yeah I do not. <laughs> I actually really like it's it. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. There's a, a very nice burst of flavor when you drink S- it. Yes, it's very mm-hmm. fruity in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very flavorful. I also was like, okay, it's going to be... Also, because I, I just drank a sweet soda before. So I was like, oh, I'm, I made a mistake because I'm about to drink an IPA. But... It didn't matter, actually. I tried to drink some water beforehand, and the flavors really came through in the vi- in the front of the beer. Mm-hmm. And um, um, we had drank a beer previously <coughs> where it had been, like, a slap in the face of hops. Yeah. And that's what I actually don't like. Yeah. This does not have it that. It doesn't. It's very, very nice. Like, yeah. There's, like a, tin- uh, like, a hint of it, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah. Really, so. And it has a very like nice subtle aftertaste mm-hmm. that I'm very much enjoying for right a now. triple it's not uh, that really um, classic hoppy 
punch to mm-hmm. the tongue mm-hmm. um, that you come to expect. It's very, very subtle. It's there for those of you hopheads that like it. <laughs> hopheads. But um, it is, um, it's not overwhelming to the entire flavor of the beer. It's mm-hmm. really, really good. There's a lot of, I, I taste pineapple yes. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some tartness there as well. Oh yeah, most definitely. There's a little uh it's uh, there's a little blurb here on the can. It says keep cold, drink fresh, unfiltered and super hoppy. Sediment is normal. Oh, so yep. let it settle <laughs> and leave it behind. Always pour into a glass. Cheers, LCB Brewmaster. So where did you get this beer, Sarah? Because if you tell me you got it from one of your exchanges and I'm never going to see this beer again in my life, I'm going to be upset. Fortunately, Kristen, I actually was on the market to find another brew. So I went to the Torrance Beer Cellar. <gasps> Yay! Yes. And they had it there. I didn't expect to find it, I, honestly, quite honestly. The, they usually tell us we can get this one in Downey, but I don't go to Downey enough to just travel for beer. Uh-huh. I go to Torrance a lot for work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found it at the at the local uh, Torrance uh, beer cellar. Nice. And um, they sell it per can if you want, or you can get a four pack. <gasps> so, I'm very excited. Yes. And also, um, what else is it going to say? Um, I'm a follower of Beer Thug Life. I mean, okay. some of my, my presents to my family were Beer Thug Life merch. Oh, cool. Yeah, I have a shirt that says Chela Cerveza. <laughs> I mean, it has like all sorts of different ways to say beer. Yeah. And it's super awesome. I, I get cool. a lot of compliments on that shirt. I mean, I wonder how we can tie this in. Like, if he's local, he would be a kind of a cool person to um, have on the show just uh, talk about beer. Yeah, talk about beer. Yeah, most mm-hmm. definitely. Um, I actually, that was an idea I wanted to, to pitch to him to see if he were he would want to come and talk to yeah. us. And then we'd get like really drunk with the beer that and people gift him beer so that he could shotgun on his uh, <laughs> on his uh, <laughs> on his uh, <laughs> on his videos. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a lot of people invite him for beer shares yeah. i mean he's like everybody knows him uh-huh. uh him and also um there's others i'll bring them up as time goes on when yeah. they release their beer so that we can taste their beer but yes this is local you can find it and uh, again in Torrance, you can find it at Torrance uh, beer cellar and they sell it by can or by four pack nice i'm not gonna lie when you said that it was gonna be a triple collaboration and that one of the person person's collaborating was a social basically a social media influencer yeah i didn't think this was gonna be good (laughs) (laughs) and i was worried too i was like i like his videos so much i hope his beer doesn't suck but Mm -hmm. that's always my fear i mean come on even when uh when I was uh, talking about uh, Voz de Mayo, I was like, I hope it doesn't suck. But it does, you know, like it's just a fear I have. But no, it's amazing. It's pretty good. Props and to anybody who's making a living off ch- uh, shotgunning <laughs> beers on <Yeah>. YouTube. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Another thing, I said that uh, I said that there was um, a. Oh, what did I say that there was? There was um, a. There's now that I'm thinking about it, there's a tangy taste mm, to it. Mm-hmm, most not definitely, not, yeah. Not citrus. I think I said citrusy. No, it was it's tangy, mm-hmm. and I I really like it. It's mm-hmm. really good. I like mm-hmm. literally want to drive from here to. <laughs> I live in Torrance, so mm-hmm. Torrance Beer Cellar is my go-to beer mm-hmm. place when I'm going to try new things, and I literally want to drive from the studio to <laughs> Torrance Beer Cellar <laughs> to pick it up. It's that good. Yes, it's it's really good. I w- want to hear a really funny story. <laughs> sure. I actually bought uh, one can of this one and of his other beer that uh-huh. he just came out with, which we will probably try in the future. Um, and so one day I was at home and I was like, you know what? I want to taste it. And so I ended up drinking it and I had to go back <laughs> and buy <laughs> another can for the podcast. Oh, my like, God. But it was real. I'm like, and my 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 brother was like, uh, so how was it? I'm like, it was delicious it's very delicious are we ready to rate it absolutely yeah so on our scale from one to five where one is a very lowly flaccid we go initial partial full and rigid rigid would be a five out of five so sarah um what would you rate it um knowing also that there is six out of five super saiyan <laughs> I'm gonna go rigid. Uh-huh. Um, I love this. 
and I'm shocked that I'm not hating it, even though it's a triple. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked that it's so smooth and crisp. Um, so I'm gonna go rigid for me. Okay, I have to ask. One can, eleven percent. How are you feeling after that one can? Oh man, I. I'm so, so on a diet. So, like, right after that one can, <laughs> I was... So, so on a diet. I mean, I, I go, I mean come on. At, 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 at East LA Cape, I freaking had a whole canita burrito all by myself. Uh, so, there's a so-so factor. But, uh, yeah, once I had this one, I was sipping it. Um, and then towards the end, I chugged the very last bit of it, only because it's getting warm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was set. I went straight to bed after that. I was like, <laughs> I was uh, also nighttime. So I was like, okay, I'm tired already. You know, I just want to relax. And so it just sent me to bed. Well, this is Kristen. And I also am going to give it a rigid, a solid five out of five. It is so good. Like I said already, like I, I it literally makes me want to drive directly to um, buy some after this is done just so I can have some at home. And um, the fact that it's local makes me super happy. I like finding um, beers that I know I can have access to um, and not have to pay an exorbitant markup fee because it came all the way from uh, Portland, Maine, which is where my favorite brewery is from. Uh, so definitely a five out of five. It is amazing. I think that all IPA lovers will love it, but I think this also might um, be a beer that even people who don't generally like IPAs will enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Jen, and I'm also going to give it a rigid, a 5 out of 5, because it was really good. I think I reserved the Super Saiyan raking for something, raking, rating, <laughs> for something that like completely and utterly catches me off guard right. yeah. to mm-hmm. how good it is. Mm-hmm. And this one, I wasn't expecting it to be as good, but it didn't like, it wasn't full like on like, oh my god. Slap in the face. Slap <laughs> in the face with just goodness but it's it's really good i like it i like the taste i like um um i i like how it mm, smell wise it's just like ipas i'm still getting used to it the smell was dank af yes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what initially led me to believe that it was going to be super hot yeah me too so uh i'm well i'm not too fond of ipa smells Mm -hmm. this one was really good yeah Yeah, and so i'm gonna give it a solid five out of five nice yeah um this definitely gives me the feeling that it was brewed by somebody who really loves beer, who like they took an idea and they just executed it. I think it comes out of like the heart. Like, I don't know if you, if I am explaining it right, but I feel like it comes from the heart. Yeah. So that was our beer, you guys. All right, guys, we are reviewing a book called Monster Matador. Tell us more about that, Kristen. All I know is that there's monsters and matadors. (laughs) (laughs) Matador, matador. Actually, um, this uh, story is about, it's kind of like a futuristic story where monsters have come to overtake the world and have forced humans to go into hiding. And the humans are at a complete and total loss and don't really know how they're going to survive. And they need somebody to come and champion them and to help them to... To the light. Yes, to (laughs) propel humanity forward. So what uh, this story uh, revolves around is... uh, What is his name? The Matador. I don't remember. I don't oh, either. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the first page, and it was a very long name. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I remember a long name. <laughs> and this story takes place in Mexico. Yes, it does. Okay, his name is Ramon Alejandro Estevez Guerrero. There we go. <laughs> Guerrero, so, that's actually very apt. So, so, Ramon. Yes, so Guerrero doesn't, Guerrero, doesn't that mean fighter? Yes, it yes. means, yeah. Uh, yeah, Guerrero, like fighter, soldier. Soldier, almost. yeah. Yeah, or like guerrilla fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what, Esteban? Uh, Ramon. Ramon. <laughs> yeah. So, Ramon, um, actually, in the pre-monster life, uh, was a matador. So, mm-hmm. somebody who um, bull fought the bull- bulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, with the capes fighter. and everything. I mean... Uh, straight on, I don't know what the outfit is that they wear, but cape and 
pretty sparkly jacket and then yeah and the little uh the, the little, little hat. hat yeah the little black mm-hmm. hat yeah <laughs> and he was amazing and revered by all he's and the best he was mother the, yes. as, as yes. i could tell yeah so um but when the monsters come um there is a little bit of a tragedy that happens um to him in his life and he just cannot um come back from that so yes. <clears throat> so uh, it just it all happened all at once yeah like the end of the world sort of say and this specifically uh tragedy personal tra- 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 tragedy yes <laughs> it's that beer <laughs> um that directly affects him yes um mm-hmm. so uh, there is absolutely no uh, history about how or where they came from no. or mm-hmm. what their goal is to take over the world no. or what. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and we actually, there are um, online accessible to a reader, there is uh, 13 issues. We thought there was 10, but actually I was looking online and there was 13, 13. that mm-hmm. were available. We have only read the first three. So we're only reviewing the first three. But within these first three, um, this story arc kind of um, actually completed. So we mm-hmm. we picked a good uh, amount to read because we we uh, followed a story arc, story, arc, story arc to its completion. And I think the next uh, issue four would be the beginning of the next story arc where he he starts to kind of redeem himself because after this tragedy happened he really just couldn't find the wherewithal within himself to actually care about the monsters even coming to destroy um earth or him personally or Mm -hmm. any of his friends or family um and so we just see him really falling down a deep pit of self uh, of despair and just self-pity honestly mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah he's in a fugue where yes. it's just like he can't seem to shake free mm-hmm. which i mean relatable mm. uh, but um, um yep. it's i was honestly expecting more monster fights yeah <laughs> for a book called monster matador i was like as a, i was expecting at least one battle per fight yeah um per uh, issue. Per issue, yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah when one battle per issue. God damn that fucking beer! <laughs> it's uh, the beer, I tell it's you. The beer. <laughs> um, um, but there were there were two fights, uh, two monster. No, there was one monster fight, mm-hmm. and then uh, by the third issue, he's gonna go up uh, like against the real deal. Yeah, monster. So the other one was like a baby monster, <laughs> chump monster. Yeah, <laughs> and I heard and read that the this creator um. Uh, started it out and then for some reason or another had to stop and oh. then so it's kind of like a he relaunched it again mm-hmm. so well this definitely reads or uh comes across as a passion project absolutely yeah it's just one of those uh, the idea is very solid i like it a lot mm-hmm. and there's aspects of this that i'm very uh, much entranced by um uh but there just seems to be like a I feel like he's trying to do too much. And that usually comes across by like self, self-done works. Uh, people who are self-publishing, writing it, drawing it, and lettering it. Is that they're, they seem to be doing so much that they kind of let the story almost fall a little mm. bit. And it's just orama. In this case, I feel like the first three issues could have been condensed to either the first issue or at least the first two issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It seems it, it like I guess that you want to tell your story, you want to give your backstory and stuff like that. But I feel like a lot of it we could have gotten this from flashbacks if he was doing something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we could have um, um we could uh it could have been surmised. It could have been wrapped up a lot more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um I do like the artwork for it. Uh-huh. I think it's um, um I think it's a very well done. Uh of course, as most things, I think if he had help, it would be even better. Yeah. Um, uh, and just for those of you listening, uh, it's actually um, inked and not mm-hmm. colored. Uh, even uh, even though what we're looking at is a black and white printing of what we had, but it's um, 
the actual comic itself, I think, is just in black and white. There's no coloring. The cover might be. In fact, I can see the cover right here um, online. The cover's in color, but I don't think there's any coloring inside. Mm-hmm. I think it's just black and white yeah. inside. Um, so we've read almost something similar. In, if not exactly in tone, but, um, uh, if, well, if not exactly in subject, definitely in kind of tone mm-hmm. where uh, there was like, uh, if that he was doing it to put it out to get this idea out and be like, I did it, I made it. Uh-huh. That was Samurai Achi. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. And so I definitely get that vibe from it too. I I enjoyed it, but I feel like if he could maybe split like the duties for the comic uh-huh. that it could i mean he already has 13 issues out so you know he's getting the the work done but i feel like it could benefit even more like i uh, like it would it, it could reach its full potential uh because it's a it's a great idea i like it i like it a lot it's very almost uh mad max meets latin heritage <laughs> yeah uh-huh <laughs> and i love mad max uh-huh. that shit is good um, uh, and it definitely got that impression from the first issue as well. Uh, so I would like to see this reach its full potential. Yeah. So I don't think we mentioned that it's actually written and drawn by the same person. Mm-hmm. Stephen Prince is the name of the creator. Mm-hmm. And um, and the publisher, I'm assuming he, he self-published, is 2510 Press. Mm-hmm. There is an editor that says it's Haley Prince mm. and stuff like that. Uh-huh. No, he says that he's a writer and artist, but that also a, a lot of work yeah. goes into making comics. And when you look at a Marvel comics, you see that they have colors. Right. They have inkers. Yeah. They have the person who does the artwork, but they usually only do pencils. Yeah. You have the writer and you have a letter. Yep. So and then after all that, you have a marketing director uh-huh. and all that. And when you are self-publishing, you are all those people. Yes, you are all those people. And so it it can be tough and it can be very hard Absolutely. to get this stuff out. But that's usually like uh, sometimes for financial reasons, stuff like that, you can't get another artist or you think you can't work with one. Mm-hmm. But I think that is like if you, or in itself, if you want to do if you want to do just the artwork itself, I feel like you can probably recruit somebody uh, to help with the writing or yeah. to help with the art and stuff like that. You know, you could still be in charge of it, but if there's no, there, uh, there's definitely nothing wrong with asking for help or right. looking for help. And I feel like, uh, like this would definitely benefit from that, like because it's it's good. Mm-hmm. I I did enjoy it, but I just think it was maybe just a tad bit long winded. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely thought that the first two issues could have been combined, mm-hmm. and um, when the action started happening in the third issue, um, I was like, okay, I'm I'm uh, I think I'm interested now. But it took that long. I mean, for th- a third issue, if I was actually spending. Four ninety nine on these books. I wouldn't have spent the second four ninety nine um, mm-hmm. to to know that, or the second two, the the next two four ninety nines to know that I was actually interested. So um, I I think it's I I mentioned this in a a, a recent episode that. As a creator, it's very, like, your first issue has a lot of jobs and goals to fulfill. And mm-hmm. that, that issue needs to do a good job of giving an overall view of where the story is going, but also give me enough to make me want to continue to read. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be hard to tell as well. But you also kind of have to look at what, um uh, what's popular and why it's popular mm-hmm. like uh what's the pacing for it what is like th- even like paneling and stuff like that artwork and stuff like that because i think by itself the artwork is pretty decent mm-hmm. and i've seen worse books sell yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah i'm just being honest <laughs> i'm just being honest um uh so it's a, it's it's solid i think so but i feel like it could definitely use with i know it says that it has an editor but maybe somebody who can be like okay you can cut this out yeah or like you can like um uh, explain yourself here like what's going on definitely uh another perspective yeah to make it more streamlined yeah because i can see the story and where it's going but i feel like there's just like bits and pieces that seem to be straying if it could be streamlined more i think this would be 100% 100% more of a hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, the um, creator had uh, this idea forever, mm. you know, mm-hmm. of the monster of fighting Matador. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it had a few false starts where uh, it, one of them was as a webcomic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he saw how his art was evolving. So then he took a break. Oh, I did read that. Yeah. So then, um, uh, and I think some of his other work is available in Comixology as yeah. well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, um, there. it feels like he felt so passionate, passionate about this idea in this comic that even though there was a slow start and even a halt, yeah, he's still powering through. It. And like you said, back. there's like 13 uh, issues now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember reading that actually. Now that you're bringing it up, that this was his like very first foray into the comics, and that since then he's done other stuff. But he had such a a connection to this character and this mm-hmm. book that he decided to go back and uh, pick it up again and mm-hmm. um, put some effort into it. So that in and of itself is actually kind of an interesting mm-hmm. uh, story from the creator perspective. Very admirable, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, um, yeah, the I like the monsters. I like how he draws them. He does them. a very yeah. good job with the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the artwork is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it's, pretty, it, it's pretty upholding. I like the little details on his outfit as well. It's just a it's streamlining. Yeah. Streamlining. Yeah. Like, um, uh, like working, like we're, we've, we've either, and uh, like I, it's a, cr- it's a critique, but it's something that even big studios do. Yeah. I, w- main one that comes to mind is Wonder Woman, uh, <laughs> Earth One <laughs> with Grant Morrison. There was just a horrible but paneling <laughs> job with that one. It was just, it, it was a mess. But this one is definitely doing a lot better than that one. But, uh, a, I, I feel definitely like it could be a bit more dynamic. Yeah, definitely. I I actually was uh, more interested as I finished the third um, issue mm-hmm. because then he presents other characters. Because even yeah. in the first two issues, the characters that were part of the family, we didn't get much mm-hmm. uh, input on them, so I couldn't really fall in love with them or even you know. Mm-hmm. But in the third issue, he presents a whole different new character, yeah. mm-hmm. and, new that, and that yeah, and that brings out about a kind of a new yeah. um, um, where the story is heading. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole uh, it, there's a whole kind of community living underground right. in the tunnels that the the drug the lords used to yeah. use to sneak in drugs to the U.S. Uh-huh. So I mean, and then there's the, you know like the the bully, you know the the classic bully and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the hot chick and and the, the hot chick. Yeah, <laughs> and like the sister, I feel like she's hot and uh-huh. she like does a little flirtation here and there. Um, but I really am. I really want to know more about this new character with the scars on her face because I think I can like her. Um, so I'm very excited of where this is going, and I'm almost sorry I didn't read the rest of the issues. <laughs> uh, but you know what I really like that I thought was really innovative was the way he um, uh, showed how the uh, the tremors were occurring where it's sort of like uh out of focus picture yes i thought that was really innovative because i've never seen that before and when i first saw it yeah when i first saw it i was like oh crap like is the is the file corrupted (laughs) 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 Uh, but then i realized it was a tremor happening and Mm -hmm. i and it was like a transition to Uh, more things happening and some action and stuff so i'm i'm really interested to see where this goes and i actually enjoyed the little spanglish throws in there Mm -hmm. and i there was no um i felt that there was personally written for me only because there was no little like glossary saying Mm -hmm. you know this means that you know not like uh not like um low riders to space where they have the yeah but that's a different kind of writing because she's actually a librarian, so uh-huh. she takes these things uh, in a different uh, on a different. She uh, she's definitely marking stuff like that. That's definitely marked more for like all ages and mm-hmm, more as a mm-hmm. teaching material. Right, yeah. right. Teaching yeah. yeah. Well, this one is a bit, I guess, more self indulgent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it. Yeah, it comes across as a like I said, a passion project. So it's gonna be self indulgent and stuff like that, informs like that, mm-hmm. and that's not bad at all. I think that's pretty cool. I want to see how this community underground uh, flourishes. And I mean, he definitely has an ego on in him. Yeah. Or d- <laughs> so I'm interested to in see where this story goes for sure. Um, for having 
he doing everything? Yeah. It's for him having 13 issues. I mean, we've always talked about how we have to wait for issues to come out on things that are done by an individual person. Yeah. So I'm just like in awe of that. Mm-hmm. So, was, yeah, I was going to say, I also want to see like how his artwork has progressed, which is why I really like web comics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And when I see a web comic and if the artwork isn't that bad, it like isn't like that great. Yeah. But I see that there's been a lot of there's like a lot of issues. I like seeing the progress. Yeah. For it as well. I think that's really cool. That's something that's one of my favorite things about web comics. So you can actually go to the website Monster Matador dot com m o n s t e r m a t a d o r dot com and there are some links there to some of the other works that Stephen has worked on and he actually produces a web comic called Employ Unemploy Ant A N T so um, me in the future nice. <laughs> uh, so I'm assuming that has something to do with a little ant that can't get a job oh <laughs> an ant. ant I thought you meant Oh, no, Ant. A-N-T. Unemploy Ant. (laughs) And then Destroy Your, it's spelled D-E-S-T-R-O-Y-O-R. And that is, um, says that the new season of that is going to start summer of 2019. And it says they killed his goat. That was their first mistake. Their second was to not kill themselves. (laughs) (laughs) He seeks vengeance. He shows no mercy. He is destroyer. John Wick. (laughs) (laughs) So that is that. And uh, let's see. Unemployed ant. Um, let's see if there there's no little description, but an uh, unemployant is a web comic and it's short little um, like three two pan four panel strips uh, in like a Sunday strip model. So um, you can find out more information um, all about all his other endeavors um, at monstermatador.com. You could also follow him on Twitter at the Stephen Prince. That's T-H-E-S-T-E-V-E-N, Prince, P-R-I-N-C-E, much like, you know, Prince, the singer. (laughs) (laughs) So are we ready to rate it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You go first. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to give it two conchas Mm -hmm. um, because I want to read more and and see where the story goes. Like you were saying, Mm -hmm. um, two two of the issues could have been condensed into one. Um, and I want to I want to actually have a relationship with the main character right now. I mean, we pretty much saw him go through a depression because of this personal issue. And so I didn't really feel grasped yeah. by him mm-hmm. yet. So I'm going to give it two conchas. Yep. Same with me. This is Kristen. I'm going to give it two conchas. And I didn't really have any emotional connection to him. Uh, and in fact, I was just like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, I wanted to grab his shoulders and shake him. um, Now that he is up and back to his uh, quote-unquote old self, um, I do want to... I am actually interested. It's a very unique um, story, yeah. uh, Take on um, monsters and... um, Monster hunting? Yeah, and monster hunting. So to to throw a a matador in there and... um, uh, put him up against like big old what are they called Leviathan type uh, yeah uh, monsters is very interesting to me yeah and now that you mention it this is the first time I've really seen something with a matador yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah like outside of like movies or like yeah uh, and references. for those of you who aren't um, bilingual or don't understand um, um, the English translation, you you guys hear of a matador. Like a matador goes out there and he he fights the bulls, but it literally is directly translated to killer. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is what matador means, killer. Yeah. So this the title of this t- book is Monster Killer. Yeah. So um, I I I give Stephen a lot of kudos to um, going back to this project and and fulfilling the, his dream of seeing. Um, this uh, story uh, come to fruition and and following it through and so um, out of three conchas I give it two yeah I'll give it two as well this is Jen by the way and uh, like I said like there's like some streamlining stuff and there's also like 
I really liked the character he introduced in the third issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady with the scars. The scar, yeah. The thing is, I didn't feel like much of an interest in the other characters as well. Yeah. So, but it was it was still all very interesting to me. So I would continue it. Uh, but I'm gonna give it two conchas. Um, uh, for it, I think. It, I think it's I think it's ingenious. I think it's uh it's pretty it's pretty it's a pretty nice twist on like the monster hunter end of the world kind of thing. Yeah. So I am very curious to see where it goes. But for right now, I'll give it two conchas. And that was our book review. <laughs> and now it's time for on my radar. And this is Kristen, and I have this awesome, amazing book that just came on my radar literally the other day. <laughs> and um, the Los Angeles Times actually did a book review, and the book is called, um, it, it's actually a longer title here. It is Angola Jenga, Kingdom of Runaway Slaves. So uh, apparently, and and. I know Sarah loves it when you read books that teach you some history. <laughs> and this book, this is one of those books. This is a graphic novel. And um, uh, back in the 16th century, um, Brazil's sugar economy expanded explosively, apparently. Um, I did not know. I didn't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, the nation's Portuguese occupiers cultivated a system of plantations that became dependent upon the trafficking of African slaves. And this is all from the Los Angeles Times article that was written on it. Um, treacherous overseas journeys from regions such as the Congo saw hundreds of starved human beings vulnerable to scurvy, smallpox, measles, and more crammed into vessels for trips that lasted for more than 30 days. Um, so, uh, if the captives survived the voyage, uh, which saw slaves launching themselves overboard rather than face what waited on Brazil shores, have any of you ever seen that movie? Um, oh shoot, what was it called? Black now? Panther? Killmonger tells us that story. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Amistad? Amistad, yes. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yes, that scene where they're just throwing themselves over was just like, I cried through that whole entire And I read the book as well. I read the book first, and then I saw, oh, my gosh. That was just heart-wrenching. But um, anyway, um, they navigated shifts of punishing physical work that clocked in 12 to 16 hours a day when they actually got to where they were going. Um, many of them, once they were there, died within five years of having arrived to the camps. So um, this graphic novel called Angola Jenga Kingdoms of Runaway Slaves was written uh, and drawn by Marcelo de Salete, um, who mined historical texts about black resistance on these sugar plantations during centuries of enslavement. Um, he reimagined the story of a real-life society of runaway slaves. He folded fictional elements into 11 years' worth of research. He freaking wow. researched this book for 11, 11 years. 11 years, dude. Yes. That's how... Almost a, how old my, my nephew is. I'm like, I can't imagine researching for 11 years. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, he, uh, he uh, did research for 11 years um, on actual the actual refuge that the inhabitants called Angola Jenga, which is wow. the name of this book. So um, there is uh, a book that, is available for you to read all about this thing that really happened in history, but that there's like a little bit of a fictional twist elements, yeah, uh, and elements to it. But um, it is available through Fantagraphics. Um, the cost of the book is thirty nine ninety nine. It's four hundred and twenty eight pages. Worth it. So that's a pretty decent size. Uh, uh, graphic novel mm -hmm. uh, and so for 40 bucks that that definitely is worth it Fantagraphics um, generally has books that are available through Diamond so you can go to either your um, well go to your local bookstore um, and see if they can um, get it for you but um, this sounds amazing and it's something that uh, we were even saying that we might review on a future Oh, absolutely. Episode. I'm so interested. Mm -hmm. Like I was telling Chris and I'm like, I'm all about the books that teach us something. Yeah. yeah. And it's a graphic novel. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. There's been a, a surge. Uh, 
ris- not resurgence, but a surge of uh, uh, like kind of like historical uh, adaptations mm-hmm. uh, in graphic novel forms, and also like adaptations of um uh, books yeah. that have been published. Uh, there was. Uh, they they've done a few pieces of Octavia Butler's. Oh, um, uh, that have been that have sold pretty well. Yeah, um, March itself, mm-hmm. the, which is an iconic ensemble, yeah. Mouse, Mouse, and stuff, yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a a book uh, that I think Lionforge, pretty sure it was Lionforge, called um, um Green Almonds from Pakistan. Oh right, yeah. That is uh, about that is uh, illustrates letters like actual letters. Yeah. Between relatives that are living in, um, um, like in Pakistan and stuff like that, uh, during wars and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and so it's just uh, stuff like that. It's very fascinating and I think really really cool. And I think another way of kind of giving voice to these stories of stuff that happened. So I think that's really cool, and I'm super excited for it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for bringing that to um, on your radar, on our radar. <laughs> now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. And this time, it's me, Sarah. I get to do <laughs> Juntos y Fuertes. Um, and uh, for Juntos y Fuertes, there is a... Uh, there uh, uh, We're highlighting Reforma del Valle Central. And you can find them on Facebook at Reforma del Valle Central. And you can see their website at www.reforma.org. Uh, this is uh, they are in, they were established in 1971 as an affiliate of the American Library Association (ALA). Reforma has actively sought out to promote the development of library collections to include Spanish language and Latino-oriented material. The recruitment of more bilingual and bicultural library professionals and support staff. The development of the library services and programs that meet the needs of the Latino community. So I think this is amazing what they're doing. Um, you could actually become a member <clears throat> as well to contribute to this cause. Um, librarians earning uh, less than $60,000 a year can join for $50 a year. Librarians for three thirty uh, for $40 a year. Um, there are several tiers you can join into. Life members for $150. Um, so yeah, they they're really amazing, and we met them at Modesto Com uh, Latino Comics Expo in Modesto, mm-hmm. and uh, they were amazing. Uh, some of the members that we met were really amazing. They actually picked up a lot of books yeah. at the convention that had Latino um, characters and uh, stories and bilingual or just Spanish, um, because uh, they said that they work with a lot of kids. Yeah. Um, they also do. Uh, they are also known for one of uh, the most noteworthy activities that they do is their annual scholarship drive. Um, where they award uh, scholarships to library schools students um, that express an interest in bilingual um, literature. So that's really amazing. Um, There's a lot of workshops that they do and so forth. So they're really community driven and they have a lot of activities that uh, benefit the community. Um, One of the things that I thought was really awesome is when we were talking to them, they were talking about, uh, we were talking about comic books and one of the things was uh, they that they didn't know about Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. And I was, mm-hmm. like, really amazed <laughs> at how happy they were to hear of such an event where local comic book stores uh, tried to encourage the community and giving them free mm-hmm. comic books in order to encourage reading. So that was really amazing. And it just the people and the heart that they have in order to help the community, I thought that was amazing. So that's on my Juntos y Fuertes. And you can definitely follow them on Facebook. They do a lot of activities, a lot of presentations, um, and they're constantly posting stuff. They do book reviews as well online. Um, Most recently, they were talking about uh, uh, Gabby, A Girl in Pieces by Mm -hmm. um, Isabel Quintero, which was an amazing review. I was like, oh, my gosh, you just hit the nail on the head. So I'm um, just like they do a lot of wonderful things. So uh, definitely um, look them up and maybe contribute to their cause. Um, I know they take some donations. So um, that's actually on my Juntos y Fuertes. All 
right, guys. Uh, we're nearing the end of our episode, and so now we bring saludos. And my saludos today is to Shirley and Sebastian Kidlegic. They have just welcomed Samuel Michael Kidlegic, super baby. I don't know if you guys have seen <laughs> the pictures. Um, and if you guys remember, Sebastian Kidlegic is the creator of Quince, uh, the book that was that we have reviewed on uh, another episode. That came out on Comixology in English and Spanish. And in single issues, when you turn the issue over, it was in Spanish. So um, uh, saludos go out to them and their newborn baby, Michael Kedlejic. No, Samuel Michael Kedlejic. <laughs> so saludos to you guys. Uh, for and, and this is so cool. They dressed up the baby as Superman. I thought it was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are the saludos to you guys. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of our episodes. Where can I find us, Kristen? You can find us on Instagram at Comadresy Comics. Or on um, Facebook and Twitter at Comic Comadres. You can always email us at comadrescomics at gmail.com. And we also have a Snapchat that Sarah loves to uh, <laughs> post on uh, whenever we do special events or even when we're recording. So you can ca catch us there at Comadres y Comics. Yes. So, uh, yes, it's Comadres y Comics. Uh, so we have a lot of cool little things. I try to make it as interesting as possible, but sometimes fail miserably because like don't have service but definitely check us out uh, so that brings us to the end of our episodes we have been your host I'm Sarah I'm Kristen and I'm Jen bye guys bye, bye. bye.